Bienvenidos, amigos y amigas. Hello. Don't worry, it's still me. So we got to watch the Walter Mercado <gasps> documentary on Netflix. Yes, you guys we need did. to go see it. It was so good. Oh my gosh, I was crying. I, I was too. When you just okay, because you know most people think like celebrities and famous people they act nice and stuff, but you can just tell when some people are genuinely kind-hearted. People. Yes, it just like touches your soul when you see them. So I that's, agree. That's what it was for me, but um, it was very enjoyable. I didn't know a lot of those details because I was a little bit young whenever his segment was on TV. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, y'all should watch that because that was really good. It was really good. And I liked how he incorporated different aspects of like different faiths and stuff into his own beliefs. I really liked That's, that. Oh my gosh. He, okay, he really had his own way. Exactly what you said. Like just... There's no single thing that he would rely on. It was always influenced by other things and yeah. it, it just worked out. I just really liked that. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't answer anything like personal about himself other than like yeah. when it had to do with the universe and like spirituality and stuff. I just thought that was like so beautiful. I agree. Because we just all like want to limit ourselves and define ourselves based on what already exists instead of just, you know, making a our own decisions based on how we feel instead of how we're supposed to be. Yes. I don't know. I just really liked it. I didn't expect to like it that much. I didn't either. I didn't expect to cry as much as I did. Like I literally cried through the whole thing. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just because you could, like you said, you could tell he was just a genuinely kind person and Mm -hmm. it just touched my soul. Me too. It was very beautiful. And everybody who was around him said that that was really like, how he was and yeah it was just really nice people shit on netflix all the time but it's whenever i see documentaries like those that i'm like okay they're doing a good job i'll i'll keep streaming yeah <laughs> i appreciate that for, with netflix <clears throat> i am glad that you brought him up because in the documentary he talks about reincarnation mm-hmm. and how he believes that he his soul will come back one day mm-hmm and today, we're talking about reincarnation. Yes. Episode 20, we are finally at reincarnation, what everybody has been looking forward to. So I'm really excited to hear about this one. Okay. So the simple definition of reincarnation is the rebirth of a soul in a new body. It is the central belief of Indian religions, although not all of them. And even other religions around the world incorporate reincarnation into their beliefs in some way, except for uh, Christianity and Islam. But between 20 and 30 percent of persons in Western countries who may be nominal Christians also believe in reincarnation. So its origins are unclear. Discussion of the subject appears in the philosophical traditions of India and a group of early Greek philosophers called pre-Socratics, I think that's how you say it, discussed reincarnation also, and the Celtic Druids are also reported to have taught a doctrine of reincarnation. So that goes back a long ways. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to explain how it works from someone that believes like their point of view. So 
I'm not like trying to push anything on anyone. This is just explained to me the way they believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even so, you know, with people believing what happens after we we pass on or however they want to say it. It doesn't mean it's absolute. Nobody really knows. Um, yeah. But, okay, so we're just going to treat it that way. That would be just open your minds and let's listen. Yes. Okay. So there's a woman on YouTube named Christina Lopez who is a physical therapist and has a Master of Public Health degree. Hmm. So she tells us how reincarnation works based on the things she learned from a Dr. Brian Weiss, who is a world-renowned psychiatrist and who is now an expert in past life memories and past life regression. Okay, so here is how it's supposed to work. The way to see past lives from a soul perspective is if it were just you being born and then dying and there would be no evolution of consciousness anywhere. Hmm. Uh, The evolution of consciousness the evolution of all that is, the evolution of the universe, and the evolution of all existence depends on your soul and the bazillions of other souls out there. It depends on all these streams of consciousness moving through different experiences nonstop. So your soul has been on a multi-lifetime path for eons of time. You've probably been here conservatively hundreds of times on this planet. Sometimes even more than that, and sometimes less. There are souls that are on this planet right now that haven't been here many times, but they've been incarnated in other realities. Wow. So basically, you have to think of your soul as this enormous stream of consciousness, and that stream evolves through a multi-lifetime perspective, continually expanding, continually growing, and taking its gifts and learnings into each new lifetime that it incarnates in. So you're never born a blank slate. You're born with a lot of information that you bring from other past lives. Mm. And the reason most people don't remember past lives without having to do some spiritual awakening or hypnosis is what some call the veil of forgetfulness. So since your soul incarnates in many other realities at the same time, your soul doesn't live one life at a time. It's not linear like that. What? Your soul is living multiple existences, multiple realities at the same time. Okay. Your soul extends itself into different realities so that it can evolve. The way she described it was like you're an octopus, like your soul is an octopus, like the head of an octopus, and it's reaching out its limbs into each different reality. You see what I'm saying? Like, can you just picture it? Yeah, for different planes of yes. existence, but it's still a version of you or whatever. Yes. So that links together with that uh, planes of existence theory or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So I watched this movie called Waking Life yesterday. Oh, yeah. How was that? Um, It was really trippy. And I it reminded me of that show on Netflix, uh, Midnight Gospel. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. At first, I was like, what in the hell is this? Because it was like, it was made in, or it came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what the fuck? But um, it was really good. It's very philosophical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Alex Jones is in it for a second, too. Oh, my gosh. It made me Perfect. laugh. I was like, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, but in this movie, they talk about reincarnation for a bit because it's like different segments of like people like saying these like philosophical things to this one man that's going on this journey. Mm-hmm. So they talk about reincarnation and they say that they think everyone's brains are telepathically connected. Like we're all sharing our experiences as we experience them. And they said, say you're learning something for the first time. There is somebody else across the world that is learning the exact same thing as you at that very moment. Because y'all are both like learning at the same time. Like y'all are both telepathically realizing the same things at the same time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then it made me think of that. Like it made me think of the how our souls are spread out to different realities like could our souls also be not just realities but like different beings like can there be two people on this planet at a time that have the same piece of soul (gasps) and then it comes in that made me think of soulmates yes not just um romantic partners but like your friends and there's just so many possibilities like and it doesn't just have to be two it could be more than one yes oh my god so that tripped me out. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, it was giving me like an existential fucking crisis. Overload. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, back to the veil of forgetfulness. When it comes to planet Earth, when the soul wants to come down here, and side note, I don't know where it is. Like, I mean, is it like chilling in the universe? Is it in heaven? I don't, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, because she never says. And I mean, technically she doesn't know, so... Yeah. So when the soul wants to come down here, it has to abide by the rules of each reality. And one of the rules for this reality on Earth is the veil of forgetfulness. And that means you have sort of a cover that conceals the things that you've been through on a soul level so you forget. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You forget where you come from. You forget where you've been and what you've been through. You forget everything. And the you that forgets isn't the soul. So there's two parts that are operating, the lower self and the higher self. Mm -hmm. The lower self is the physical body and the higher self is your soul. Wow. So your higher self doesn't forget any of that information and the lower self is the part that's veiled. And the veil actually accelerates the evolution of the soul because it adds diversity to the experience of this lifetime for the soul. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. Okay. So there are six steps in the reincarnation cycle. The first is life planning. And basically, it's your soul is planning everything before it reincarnates. It chooses your family, it establishes something called soul contracts with them and other souls. So, yeah, it's basically like scouting out what it wants to do next like assigning it or something yes is it linked to fate then like in that way honestly i feel like after reading all of this and like hearing everything i i think that fate is literally just a timeline of this process of this yeah because apparently the soul like knows everything that's gonna happen already like oh gosh not necessarily like every single thing because there are things that do change but like it knows basically what is gonna happen 
Ooh, and then that reminds me of all those like motivational, inspirational messages on TikTok lately that are like, this is a sign from the universe, open up and listen and pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, So it's all linked up in that way too, like a big web. Yes, yes. I'm tripping out, guys. I only took took one hit to balance out this Red Bull to keep me from trembling like a chihuahua. And I'm just, my brain is just expanded by the double right now. Anyways, go on. Um, Okay. So that's basically what it's doing in the lifetime or the life planning cycle. Okay. Step one. So the second step is called avatar programming. And this is when your mom is pregnant with you and your soul has picked your family has picked your mom mm. and has made all of these soul contracts with all of these people that are going to be in your life or at least going to affect your life in some way. So your soul is checking in on the fetus like oh shit. <laughs> That's your soul checking in on <laughs> on Tassie. So your soul is checking in on the fetus's body, and the body is the avatar. So it's checking in, and it's seeing if it still wants to be here, like if everything is still playing out the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And because although a lot of things are, like, made, all of the things are already planned and stuff, like, things still change. So the soul knows that the things can change and it's not like a big deal to it. It's a, that's just why it's checking in and out. And so it's deciding if it wants to stay or to go. And they say that is why miscarriages are most common in the first trimester because the soul hasn't fully anchored into the body and something changed mm. and it decided not to stay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's really weird because there was a like a reading that w- or hearing that was weird because I had read on a post on Facebook a while back that it's like a post about like creepy shit that kids say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of parents that swear their kids say things about a past life and shit like that, like things like just weird shit that they say. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> there was one that reminded me of that particular part and it says – When my daughter was about three or four, a friend of mine came over. My daughter said, you have a baby in your tummy. And a day or two later, my friend found out she was pregnant. And then there was another, there was a comment under that that said, a little boy in line at a takeout place, a few people ahead of me, like he came over and he put his hand on my belly and said, you have a really big baby boy in there. And two weeks later, I was pregnant. And... She said that she found out it was a boy and that it was 13 pounds, 10 ounces when it was born. And there's like 300 other comments like that. But those two like stuck out to me. But um, so little kids saying that like and especially if they're little, like if they're under six, Mm -hmm. because a lot of kids that age remember their past lives. Holy. So I feel like because they are still like – um, not vulnerable, but like because the soul is still like programming mm-hmm. into these little kids, I feel like it knows what is happening. So I feel like the kids know subconsciously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They know what is happening. So they can tell that there is another soul um, programming in there, like mm-hmm. checking in and out. 
Mm-hmm. I always felt like, um, well, obviously, like kids are just very honest. Like they say a lot of stuff that's just very blunt most of the time. But yeah. in general, I feel like kids are so fresh from the universe that they have the strongest link to the universe. Like just mm-hmm. in general, like with paranormal or or like things like this, they're just so um, new. So the, yeah. the link is the strongest until yeah. they start aging out of it. Yeah. So heavy programming in utero happens for two reasons. Uh, the first is the opportunity it'll never happen again. Uh, in the womb, we're floating in water. And water is a high conductor of energy, meaning that the soul can pump information and work through everything it needs to better while immersed in water. So, like, we're more conductive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the second reason is – the second reason is in utero, you don't have a sense of self yet. In the womb, you don't have an ego or a conscious mind, and the soul takes advantage of that. The ego can be a blocking force for the will of the soul later on. So now it can program in peace. And by programming, I mean it's basically just downloading all of the information it's learned from past lives into this new avatar, into the baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that phase So uh, or that step. The third step is birth and life. So you're born in a body your soul has never been in. The one body that you're in right now, the one that you have at this very moment, you've never existed in this exact arrangement, even though your soul has been around for eons of time. Mm. And that's why this is so important for soul evolution. This new shit that it's learning evolves the soul every time. So programming continues in the first years of life. It uses brain waves specifically for uh, young children be- before six years old, the brain wave called the theta brain wave. It's the brain wave of insight to learning new things. It's also called the hypnosis brain wave. So the soul keeps programming until your ego develops. And that's whenever it's like, great, here we fucking go. I've completely lost control and they're going to do their own thing now. They have their own personality and they're going to go out and make their own decisions now. Mm -hmm. So when you reach around six or seven years old, uh, a different brainwave takes over called the alpha brainwave. And it starts bringing on critical thinking. It makes you more curious about the world and your place in the world. So now information isn't only coming from your soul. You're now programming what you know as of now into your soul. And you're going to continue to do that. Wow. Yeah. Um, The fourth step is the death process. Um, The soul is preparing to disengage from the body. It's disengaging our auric fields and magnetic field and your chakras. And it takes all the information it acquired while in you and it pulls it out. And once all of that is gone, that's when you die. That's when your body dies. And sometimes even after all of the info and energies and chakras are gone, it could still take a while for the soul to cross over. Um, sometimes it could take a couple days, it could take a week, it could take years, you know, what, however long it needs, it'll take. 
because the death process process occurs when the soul wants to go. Hmm. Um, and from a human perspective, it might seem like a soul leaves when it's not ready. From a soul and spiritual perspective, that's not true. The will of the soul is predominant. Well, Yeah. So when you finally do die, you aren't alone. Oh, this part freaked me out. So when you finally do die, you aren't alone as far as on the spiritual side. There are, and uh, that lady Christina s- calls them angels, um, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, there, so angels are with you and your team that has helped you in past lives and anyone that wants to help you get through the death process is there with you. Yeah. So that freaked me out a little bit. Oh, I don't. So they're just entities, but some people can refer to them as angels or. Yeah, basically. Like the other souls, there are other souls with you when you die because they're helping you like go through the process. And I'm sure to convince you to cross over because I mean, there are ghosts, right? Like, I mean, people believe they're ghosts. Yeah. And ghosts were never human, but they can communicate to you sometimes. And when people- What if ghosts are just souls? That's true. That is- I mean, that's what everybody believes, right? Or most people believe, right? Yeah. Your soul didn't want to go? (gasps) It's all connecting. It is all connecting. And then when people like die, but they come back, they're like, I saw someone saying this or that. And they- Yes. (gasps) Yes. Whenever- Okay. So my dad- um, got uh he had like a procedure done where they had to like inject ink into him into his veins so they could see like blockage in his heart and shit mm-hmm. and he had an allergic reaction and he died for he was dead for like almost a minute and he said that when he was coming back to he could see people with him and Whoa. he and then he thought like he said that he saw people like above him and then whenever he finally was like coming to coming to he could see there was other people and those other people were the doctors and stuff and that's when he was like getting combative and shit and i was like oh fuck oh snap yeah but he said there was other people with him i was like what okay yeah yeah that for some reason reminded me of that scene on The Eye when Jessica Alba gets her, starts getting her vision back. Oh yeah, she sees like she sees the outline of people, but then there's like less people in the room than she thought there were. Yes. <gasps> Omg. Okay. Yes. We we begin chill. That's how I picture that going because I mean most people really can't de- like describe features whenever they're coming back from. Yeah, and that's what he said. He couldn't. He couldn't tell, like, if there were women or men. Like, he could just see bodies. Shadow people. No, I'm playing. Well, that it's would all... also. What if that is what shadow people are? What if? And they're just checking in. They're like, okay, she's um, getting married soon. We're good. Timeline is good. <laughs> she's still doing what she's got to do. <laughs> she's still back on her bullshit and uh, yeah. <laughs> for about another few months. <laughs> so, okay. So, that also reminds me of – so, a bunch of um, – like spiritual workers, not like, I guess I don't really know what their title is because it's all just muddled together, but they're basically witches, but like folk witches, I guess. Okay. And, um, they talk about you, the t- 
praying to their ancestors and like using their ancestors to do their magic work and stuff and their spiritual work. Yeah. Their spirit guides and stuff. And I wonder if that, if our ancestors spirits or like our spirit guides are just our past lives, like our past souls, or not past souls, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like yeah. the soul. Yeah, the parts of our souls that are just that are telling us what the fuck to do. Whoa. Yeah. That made me freak out a little bit. But maybe. I mean. Cause I've always wanted to do that. Like I've always wanted to pray to my ancestors, but my ancestors did not believe in the same things I do. So why would I ask them to help me doing doing what I'm doing? True. But I'm like, well, maybe there are ancestors out there that were into the same kind of stuff I was. Yeah, like or just way further back. Yeah. And then I'm like, what if they're like my past life or, you know, <gasps> another extension of my soul? Oh, my God. Someone else that like didn't want the same thing. So like they'd never reproduced. And so that's why their line like died. <gasps> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> they were like the black sheep of their like little <sighs> period. And that's Dude. why they're further back than the newer ones. Yes. Pass, oh, my God. They didn't pass down the same traditions and opinions. Yes. Oh, I'm, well, I guess my my grandma's dad would probably be the only other one. Because he was a brujo, my grandma said. But then who taught him? I don't know. And he had like a shit ton of books too. So I, Or she said he went to school for that. Sick. Yeah. That's I can just cool. imagine. Wow. That's cool. Um, so, okay. So the fifth step is life review. Mm-hmm. So now that the soul has transitioned to the other side, however long it took, With all the information it's acquired while it was in your body, now the soul and its guides, your team, they are basically all sitting at a round table and they're all going to sit down and review everything that happened in your life. Mm -hmm. So the soul assesses all the twists and turns it went through, um, whether your life mission was completed or not. And how did you exit life? It assesses whether you healed all the pain that needed to be healed from the past. Because the soul is looking, is always looking to drop baggage whenever it can for the evolution to continue. Yeah. So that's what they're reviewing. And this step is also important because they use what, like, the findings in the life planning of another lifetime. Holy. Yeah. So once that is done, once all that is done, uh, the sixth phase is what Christina called, and I'm not sure if it's like an actual term, but the spiritual hangout. And this is where your soul hangs out between lifetimes. And there isn't a set time frame for these. this step. Uh, sometimes the soul chooses in linear time to stay for a few years or decades or hundreds of years, even though on the other side, time isn't linear. So once the spiritual hangout is over, then the whole cycle starts over again at life planning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's kind of like sitting in the, sitting on the bench during a game and it's like, okay, now. Yes, that is exactly it. Um, And, I just want to know, like, where it's chilling. Like, what is it doing? 
or not what's it doing, but like where is it just chilling at? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I used to always tell my mom because she would say – she went through her own little spiritual thing uh, years back. But she would tell me like you chose us. You chose this family. And I'm like why on earth <laughs> would my soul just be floating around chilling and all of a sudden be like, hey, I want those two Mexicans right there. <laughs> Right. With all their problems and all their shit. I want it. Yeah. So it's funny that I read this and I'm like, wow, that's literally what happened. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so after all of that is explained, I do have stories. <gasps> oh my gosh, my favorite. Go ahead. I'm excited. Okay. So here we go. So the first story. Starts off as, at first, Erica Roman laughed off her five-year-old son Luke's odd tendency to call toys and objects Pam. She was also unconcerned by his comments about having once been a girl. He would say he had black hair when he was a girl and that he wore the same earrings as his mom when he was a girl. Out of curiosity, Erica eventually asked Luke who Pam was. I was, he said. Well, I used to be, but I died and I went up to heaven. I saw God and then eventually God pushed me back down. And when I woke up, I was a baby and you named me Luke. After pressing him for more details, Luke told his mother he lived in Chicago, took the train a lot and died in a fire. After mentioning his death, Luke made a hand motion indicating someone jumping out a window and when Erica punched the information into a search engine, she discovered a new story about a fire in the Paxton Hotel in Chicago. In March of 1993, 19 people died in a fire at the building, and a woman, Pam Robinson, perished when she jumped out a window. No. Erica couldn't explain how Luke would have known about a fire in Chicago. She had never been to the city, and she never discussed it with him. While the haunting story of Pam Robinson could be a coincidence, it was enough to make Erica believe. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking crazy whenever, like, a lot of people say, like, well, those are just coincidences. How do you classify in your brain, like, oh, it's okay, that's just a coincidence. Literally all, the entire thing, like, fit perfectly into this. It wasn't just one or two things. It was his entire story. He was five. Yeah. Like, what? Mm-mm. And I'll get into it later after this because I go into, like, this the scientific statements about it at the end. Okay. What are you doing? Are you eating? <laughs> Chile picante. Corn nuts. Damn it, that sounds the so crunchiest good. freaking the crunchiest freaking snack alive. Break all your teeth off. That sounds so fucking good. Okay. All right, ready? Yes. Okay, so here's the second story. Uh born in Seattle in 1991, Sonam Wangdu was only two years old when he realized that he was actually the fourth reincarnation of the original. Tibetan Lama Deshun Rinpoche. 
the first. The realization was the culmination of a number of signs that had been accumulating since before the boy was even born. These included the visions of his mother and his and her own mama, as well as the words of the third reincarnation of Desong himself, who informed his acolytes in 1987, the year of his death, I will be reborn in Seattle. In 1996, the boy who by then only answered to his name Tukala, which means reincarnation, left his family forever to be raised by monks while studying Tibetan Buddhism in Kathmandu, Nepal, and eventually becoming the head of a monastery there. Arriving in Nepal dressed in gold and maroon robes and riding on a luggage cart pushed by his mother, the little lama smiled widely, reported Seattle Met in a 2016 follow-up story tracing the boy's journey over the past 20 years. When asked how long he would stay in Nepal, though, the little boy was serene, almost stoic. Lots of time, he said. I'm just going to stay here a long time. And that has proven to be true. The boy is now in his 23rd year. Actually, it might be more because I think the article is old. Mm -hmm. uh, of life as the fourth reincarnation of Desang Rinpoche. Wow. Yeah. But it didn't really say what exactly were the signs. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that he said. Yeah, just that. I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. And now that I think about it, he said he was going to be reborn in Seattle. But did he have to be like Tibetan American? Like, did he have to? Ooh. Couldn't he just like what was he? What if he was a white guy? You know what I mean. Good point. Or what if it was a girl? <gasps> but I guess, I guess their way of thinking is, it the soul is always going to pick a man that is Tibetan. Maybe I don't know. Oh, like the soul is still a Tibetan man, no matter which vessel or something. It just always. I don't know. I guess that's their way of making it. The way that it is, I have no idea. Okay. Um, so the third story is Shanti Devi. There was a story on her on the podcast Supernatural with Ashley Flowers from Crime Junkie. Mm -hmm. And that one was really freaking good. But um, it goes more into detail of what happens with her so I might add a little bit of detail on it. But, okay, so uh, Shanti was born in Delhi, India in 1926, and she barely spoke any words until she was four years old. She then began insisting that she lived with her husband and son in a town called Mathura, where she had died 10 days after giving birth. Eventually, a teacher in Devi's school asked for her former husband's name, and when they asked her, like, everyone asked her what her husband's name was, and in India at the time, a wife, or the wife couldn't speak the husband's name out of respect. Like, it was just respectful to never say his name. Mm -hmm. So, finally, after, like, years and years of asking, uh... One of her teachers was like, I'll take you to your village, like the town, the city that you lived in, if because it was extremely far away from Delhi. 
So he was like, I'll take you if you just tell me what your husband's name is. So that's why she told him. And so the, I, the teacher identifies a man of his name in Mathura and wrote him a letter. So the husband confirmed his wife, whose name was Lugdi, died during childbirth nine years prior. So when the husband travels to meet Shanti, he introduces himself using his older brother's name. And Shanti immediately catches the bluff and recognizes him as her husband. Uh, so she recalls details of Lugdi's life, such as um, her husband's favorite food and how Lugdi bathed in a well in their courtyard. So, And she also chastised her husband for remarrying as he promised her that he would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Mahatma Gandhi eventually heard of this story and he met with her and he set up a committee of 15 people to evaluate her claim. The committee surprisingly could not debunk the story. And she, most kids forget the memories when they turn like six or seven, Mm -hmm. but she remembered for her whole life. And she even wrote a book about it eventually, but yeah, she remembered the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Maybe people can, maybe people can like consciously like try to remember if it's like that important to them. I feel like it because it was so recent in time uh-huh. that maybe that's why she can remember like it had only been maybe like 5 years since Lugdi had died that she reincarnated. Hmm. Okay. And I wonder too like if it's the vessel that the soul decides to be in like I mean everyone's brain is different so I wonder if like the way their brain works is what makes them their memories Hmm. like is what makes them remember yeah because their brain is working differently you know what I mean it's wired differently yeah I see what you mean so the fourth story is When retired fire chief Jeffrey Keene and his wife vacationed in Maryland, he was caught off guard when visiting a Civil War battlefield called Sunken Road. Keene became inexplicably emotional as he entered the field to the point where he thought he might be suffering a heart attack. While the physical pain passed, he felt an uncanny connection to the area. Later, he recounted the incident to a psychic at a party. She asked if he believed in reincarnation, and he felt the instinctive urge to say the words, not yet. So while reading a Civil War magazine in his home, he found an article about a Civil War War general identified as General Gordon. Gordon had fought in Sunken Road during the Battle of Antietam. Uh, During this battle, he was best remembered for repeatedly shouting the words, not yet. Upon researching researching Gordon's life, Keene found more connections between himself and Gordon. Keene had marks on his body similar to wounds Gordon suffered in war. On Keene's 30th birthday, he was admitted, admitted to the hospital with a terrible pain in his jaw, and when Gordon was 30, he was shot in the face. No. <laughs> it's crazy when things like that happen because apparently, like your soul is supposed to be evolving. So it's why is it doing the same shit over and over? Like you're just yeah. are you just not learning or 
Are you doing the same steps over and over? Or maybe the system is as imperfect as humans can be to where that's the only flaws that souls go into humans and humans are imperfect. So the process is therefore imperfect. So it's not completely like all the time flawless or whatever. Maybe. There's little glitches in different individuals sometimes and that whole thing about like birthmarks meaning that's how you died in your previous life I've heard that yeah. before yeah um, that is the thing too yeah a lot of these stories that I read had like that as evidence too like the way they connected it and shit wow so story five uh reddit user drabby normal blues said Since as long as I can remember, I've had vivid dreams about being a serial killer from the 1940s or 1950s. I lived in an old farmhouse in the middle of the woods, secluded from everyone. I buried my victims, all women with medium-length jet black hair and very pretty, on my property. There are at least 50, if not more. Mm -hmm. I've been dreaming about this guy since I can remember, and the details never change. I don't give... I don't have a name or location, but it bothers me enough that I tried searching and I don't think I was ever caught. Sometimes I have memories where I genuinely miss my old life. In this life, I wouldn't hurt a fly and I've dedicated myself to helping people. Sometimes certain situations trigger feelings that are not really me and I'm not sure where they come from. It's always the same type of girl and always the same thoughts of how to disable her in order to get her back to my place. I've come to terms with it and pass it off as an intrusive thought, but I've never wanted to act it on it in my life. Oh, no. Can you fucking imagine, dude? Like, That is a burden for sure. Well, now it makes me think like, are souls. all serial killers just recycled? Like evil doesn't just – when people ask, like, is are evil people born or are they created? It's, like, sometimes feels so random. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So story six is an anonymous reader of the Epic Times shared a story in which her three-year-old son told her that he liked his new daddy – even though the reader's husband was his biological father. Confused, the mother asked him why. He replied, my old daddy was really mean. He stabbed me in the back and I died. But I really like my new daddy. He'd never do that to me. Damn. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't know what I would do if any child told me that. Like, what? It's like, cause what? Did, where do they get that stuff? Whenever they okay, because people get stuff from TV or whatever, yada yada. Yeah. But when they don't, it's like, okay, how the hell could they even? I don't know. Right. Okay, so here's the last story. So story seven, an Australian mom who wrote on Instagram, before I was pregnant with Luca, who is her son, I had heavy bleeding. Uh, I remember having a positive pregnancy test and then a few days later, bad pains and a heavy period. I wasn't sure what it was and only now that I'm wise, I have an idea. So I got pregnant with Luca pretty much straight away after that. I knew Luca had walked the earth before. I could just tell uh, by the way he looked, 
like a little old man. He's always been wise and said some really funny things, sang along to old songs that he wouldn't have heard in his four-year-old life. But tonight in the bath, he said something that really shocked me and made me truly believe he is an old soul. He said, Mommy, do we live in Australia? I said, yep, we do. We live in Australia. And he said, I didn't. I lived in your tummy. And I said, yeah, you did, but now we live in Australia. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, mommy, I lived in your tummy. I was there, but then I died. I was shocked. And I said, what do you mean? You're right here. He said, no, mommy, I came to your tummy and then I died. I went looking for you, but I couldn't find you. I went to your house. I went everywhere, but you couldn't hear me when I called you. So then I was sad, but then I became an angel. I missed you, so I wanted to come back to you. So then I was a baby in your tummy again, and then I was born again. I wasn't in heaven. I was in Australia, uh, and then I was your baby again, and now I'm happy I'm your baby again, and I'm happy I can grow up now. I just stared at him and cried. I've never had a conversation with him ever about angels or anything like that. And then she goes on to say, our babies know who they want their mommies to be long before we know they exist. Proof that they really do choose us and their souls are always with us in this life or the next. Wow. It's fucking weird. I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. They say the soul is eternal. Yeah. So I wonder if they if that's happened, but they switched moms, switched mothers. Oh, I was listening to another thing that had to do with reincarnation, and um, it said there was a story that this lady's daughter said um, that before it was her daughter, it was or she was um, her best friend's daughter. But she died in her stomach, so she knew that she couldn't go back in there. Mm-hmm. So she came to the next person, and it was Close that was going to be with her, and it was her best friend. No, yeah, I was like, that is really creepy. Wow, interesting. I, I yeah. can believe that for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I believe a lot of things. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's all just trippy, especially with like pregnancy and stuff. Like, yeah. I feel like they are just connected, like, to their mothers even before probably they're conceived. It's, like, strange. It's, like, a strange thing. Yeah. They can feel what their moms feel and stuff. Yeah. That's it's... why my brother was such a sensitive baby because he was Your conceived mom. right when my grandma passed. <gasps> and she had been – oh, great. She had been like wanting a second child like forever and it took for it took a long time to that for them to conceive and then um when my grandma passed my brother was conceived and she was pregnant Aww. and she, she was still you know grieving and stuff so she yeah. feels like that affected my brother cuz he was very very sensitive when he was born he was always yeah. crying or throwing tantrums and stuff like that That's what my mom said about me cuz she was always pissed when she was pregnant with me so she's like and then you came out fucking angry at everything so Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me too. <laughs> um, okay, so now I'm going to get into the skeptics. The word? skeptics yes, um, yes, skeptics. Okay. Here's the skeptics' point of view. Um, so scientists say what your brain is doing 
whenever they have these like memories of a past life is that it's imagining something or the brain is creating false memories and attempts to retrieve such memories using past life regression are widely considered discredited and unscientific by medical practitioners. The use of hypnosis and suggestive questions can tend to leave the subject particularly likely to hold distorted or false memories. So the source of the memories is more likely cryptonesia, which occurs when a forgotten memory returns without it being recognized as such by the person Mm -hmm. who believes it is something new and original. And confabulations, which is a symptom of various memory disorders in which made-up stories or stories that you've heard fill in any gaps in memory. Um, All of that combines experiences, knowledge, imagination, and suggestion or guidance from the hypnotists that recall of past life. So once that's created, you can't tell those memories apart from memories based on events that actually occurred during someone's life. Wow. So it's a lot of it is like suggestion and like, like whenever you remember, actually, I'm not sure if this is like an actual fact or if it's just a made up one, but like when you're remembering anything like that's happened in the past, like in your actual life, Mm -hmm. you're not remembering the actual memory. You're remembering the last time you remembered it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like you pick up things from the last time you remembered it and you add those into your memory. So you might not actually be recalling the actual memory. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's changing a little bit each time you remember. Each time. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be what is happening there too. Or that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So um, skeptic Carl Sagan asked mm-hmm. the 14th Dalai Lama what he would do if reincarnation was disproved by science, like definitively or disproved by science. And the Dalai Lama answered, if science can disprove reincarnation, Tibetan Buddhism would abandon reincarnation but it's going to be mighty hard to disprove reincarnation. Yeah. So Sagan considers claims of memory of past lives to be worthy of research, or he considered because he's dead now. Mm-hmm. But um, although he considered reincarnation to be an unlikely explanation for these memories. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got for the – because, I mean, I could have gone on and on with the whole oh, – yeah. just going into, like, how the brain works and shit and – so yeah, that's that's it. Those are for... some good points. That's awesome. Thank um, you. My sources were Wikipedia, YouTube, Ranker.com, and Wall Street Insanity.com. Nice. Um yes. oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a lot. To, like, yeah, you can dig into it a lot. But that's the thing about like science versus like spirituality is is it's very rarely can they cross over and disprove or um prove anything on either side because they just yeah. don't that's why um, a lot of people, well, I think even one of my professors put it up on a slide and she was like, do you think that it's okay for a biology or a science professor of any kind is Christian or has a theological belief of some kind? And the answer is yes, they can. They don't, they can, they can exist equally and not overlap. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a very common 
And that's another thing too, is that I'm starting to realize when I'm older uh, that because before I was just strictly science and now I can see where um, homeopathic therapy and stuff can come in handy. It's not that you're simply like replacing home remedies with mm-hmm. medications that you need. It's just that you can let them go hand in hand and yeah. find what works for you. So, I mean, just like with this topic, you know, like Daniela mentioned, we're not trying to say anything's real or anything's true. It's just different points of view and it's interesting to discuss and kind of dissect these ideas with each other and stuff. So yeah, let us know what you thought about this episode. I definitely enjoyed it and we can definitely discuss more on this topic in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, there are plenty of stories that are lengthy that we probably could get into maybe next time because I don't think this is the end of this like you mentioned there's more to dig into yeah um but yeah that was a very good little summary of the whole thing I definitely have a better understanding of how it's even it works yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. interesting I agree I want to know though like where do the souls come from like are they how often are they created are they created or do they just stars you know how they say stars are just like burnt out from millions of years ago yeah. They're just like still up there, just hanging out because of our vision or whatever. I don't know. Everything's got to be linked somehow. <gasps> Have you seen the movie The Host? No. It's the Stephanie Meyer one, the no. lady that wrote Twilight. Yes. And it's funny you said that because I watched all four of those within the last two days. <laughs> and did I cry? Maybe a little bit, but. Oh, shit, dude. I like doing heart. that too. I need to see, I need to see that because I didn't know they made a movie on that, but I definitely knew she wrote that book. Yeah, dude, that's, it's exactly, it's, that's exactly what I thought of just now. Like they, they're souls that are coming in, but they're aliens. So. Mm. they're coming in and taking bodies that are already like they already have a soul in them. You know what I mean? What if aliens are orchestrating this whole thing? Well, yeah. Like what if we are just aliens and like, we're just, I don't know. Our stuff like Carl Sagan said. Interesting. Cool. Mm. Aliens. It all comes back to aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Oh, um, reaching back into the episodes we had the last two weeks, I found a book. I found out about a book called, I think it's called uh, Behold the Pale Horse or something. Ooh. Have you heard of that? It breaks down all of the New World uh, New World Order stuff. I found the audio reading of it on YouTube, so I think I'm going to listen to that while I... Ooh. But um, anyways, thought I'd mention that. And if y'all haven't checked out Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix... Dude. Um, yeah, I, I watched the first two and I was like, okay, it's it's newer. I can tell it's not how it was, but it mm. still shakes you to the core, all the stuff that doesn't add up for whatever yeah. to figure out. And it freaked me out because in the first episode, they found a note and the first line in it linked back to Freemasons. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I just talked about that. That's wild. Um, Crime Junkies did, before the episode came out on Unsolved Mystery, like before Unsolved Mysteries released on Netflix, um, Crime Junkies did an episode on that man. Right. And they made theirs a little bit more like could the Freemason thing could have been in, like could have mm-hmm. been involved. But in the, Netflix in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, they just kind of like brushed it away. They mentioned it, but they were like, it's nothing. 
That's what I was thinking too. I was like, okay, they had to have been told like, because I, I think people already have a weird sketchy feeling about Freemasons. So they were like, okay, we can't really talk too much about that, but that would yeah. be interesting. Other than that, maybe, I mean, it always bothers me too, because I think our generation will be the kind of people to like plant fake clues because they know that everybody enjoys all of this so much now. Mm-hmm. Like if I just like died and it was completely normal, but I like left weird notes, Hunter would be like, ooh, he would actually probably not believe it, yeah. but you would be like, what do those notes mean? We have to decide. Yeah, I would be the one. like, And I'd be like wherever floating around laughing like a hot one. Uh, to solve this puzzle there is no solution that would definitely happen i would be like freaking out and a hunter would be like can you please just settle down and let me (laughs) grieve you're like no we have to this is a mystery (laughs) we have to save her (laughs) there's a way to get her back she's not dead and then you make a tulpa and then i come back oh god your soul that. just comes back again like all right bitch eating corn nuts extremely loud <laughs> <laughs> Babe, do you hear that <laughs> i smell chile picante <laughs> all right well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode yes go like all our stuff and mm-hmm, go uh review on apple podcast Oh, and don't forget to send in your stories, your personal scary stories or weird whatevers. Ask your grandma, like, you know, bond a little bit with your family and stuff. Yeah. Find out something cool and let us know what it is because we want to know. Yep. You can send it to our Instagram, our Twitter, and you can send it to our email, which is gimmethecreep66 at gmail.com. Yay. Con mucho, mucho amor. So, did we give you the creeps? <laughs> <laughs>